0: Welcome back to That Chain Show. I'm Jason Little, your host, and today I'm going to help you figure out how to get out of the soup when you feel stuck. <music> Welcome back to That Change Show, a weekly 15-minute show where I take your questions from workshops I've held or Lean Coffees I've participated in and figure out how you can nudge your change forward. So I did a Lean Coffee session recently with a group from Jorge Olsen's class, and uh, it was in Spanish, and uh, yo hablo un poco espanol, But the one thing I do like about doing so many of these sessions in different languages is it forces you to be very specific on language and it forces you into a place of really having to understand the question and be very careful about the words that you're choosing. And this is a question I've had so many times over the years, no matter where I go. So, back in 2014, when the book came out, the I like to call it the, the uh, most boring world t- tour ever, the change management world tour from 2014 up until we weren't allowed to go outside anymore. And I went to, I think about 12, 13 different countries and that was doing a whole bunch of things like doing workshops, doing some coaching and consulting, a bunch of other things, just visiting companies. So if I would be traveling somewhere, I would try to pop in on companies that I visited before or find companies in the area that were doing transformations. And really I wanted to find out why they were getting stuck, what was getting them unstuck. And this question pops up all the time. People wanna know, who does it better because here in country X, we're so far behind, we're laggards, we don't really innovate, we don't do any of these modern ideas, everybody wants to control everything, and it really sucks. Like, who does this better than anyone else? And my blanket answer usually is, well, the Finns. The Finns do it better than anybody. And uh, generally speaking, in Scandinavia, they're more progressive. They're more open to ideas, uh, and, and there is that stereotype about the Finns. There, there's always the you know the education system is always uh, one of the best in the world. There's always lots of articles about how awesome and progressive their society is. And it doesn't mean that everything in Finland is great and everything else everywhere sucks. Um, it's just kind of my experience of going back to Scandinavia so many times, in particular Finland, and just seeing how they have a knack for extracting every little nugget of information out of anything. Like I'll do an exercise on the Agile Manifesto, which is pretty simple by any stretch even if they've known it since 2001 and they've worked in agile organizations, you know, for the last 15 years, they'll find a way to extract one more thing they didn't see before. So that's usually why I come up with that answer, but there is no answer to that question. So I'm sure I've probably already been canceled by now because you've probably turned the podcast off or you've switched the TV channel. But, um, the point is people around the world are more similar than you might think. Yes, there obviously are differences from culture to culture. And I'll talk a lot about Geert Hofstede's work where he describes power distance index as one of the factors um, that looks at social structures. And just briefly, power distance index is how much uh, distance of power is there between people at the top and the bottom, just to oversimplify it. So for example, if you go to Scandinavian countries, Finland in particular, it's a very low power distance index. That means the people at the top and the bottom can talk freely with each other and work together to solve problems. And yes, that's a bit of an oversimplification, but there isn't that strong sense of thou shalt follow the hierarchy. Now, if you go to China, India, Russia, or some other companies that scored higher on that power distance index, there's more of the phenomena of um, uh, respecting the chain of command, following the chain of command People outrank each other in the organization and in social structures, and it makes change, co-creation, and those things more complicated. So uh, so this Lean Coffee was, in Latin America, there were people from all over the place. There were people from, uh, from memory, Costa Rica, Venezuela, Colombia, Argentina, Chile, and generally speaking, they believe there is more of a tall power distance index. So there is more of a strong sense of hierarchy there. So you know, who, who does this better? Because we're so far behind, we've got such that old mindset. And really when it comes down to it, you know, saying that people are more similar than different, we all wanna feel accepted, we all wanna feel valued. We all want to feel like we're making a contribution and we enjoy our work and we have a sense of purpose. There's 10 million different types of Daniel Pink type of motivational things that explain what makes people tick. So I think we're more similar than we are different. But really, you know, in the opening, I talked about how to get out of the soup. It's not so much about that power distance index and the different countries and cultures and stuff like that. It's more when you're in the soup, you can't see out of it. You know, there's this notion that, hey, you got to think outside the box. You can't think outside the box. That's why there's a box. You you can't see when you're sucked into the soup. And if you've been somebody who's been coaching or consulting in enterprise organizations for, you know, six to eight months or more continually, you know what that feels like. You get pulled into their day-to-day reality and their status quo, and you can't be objective, and you can't see the things that you saw when you first Started. That's why, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Cotter's work, but the guiding coalition uh, that he talks about is the, the value is in rotating that and getting fresh eyeballs in. So when it comes to trying to find out, you know, how do I get out of the soup when I'm stuck? Part of it is you can't see your way out of it. So connecting to people globally, which is so easy to do nowadays, and getting a different perspective. So many of the companies that I would go and visit and talk to you know, they would describe to me um, what they've done over a six-month period and nothing's different and nothing's changed. And then you as the coach, you really have to pick up on things that are subtle. So there could be small improvements that are actually gigantic improvements, but they can't see them because they're in the soup. So the first thing to do is to find different perspectives because that saying the grass is always greener on the other side it's a saying for a reason it always looks better over there but as soon as you get over there and you get sucked into their soup like "Mm, you know what this isn't as good as it's as maybe it looks like on the outside so getting that external perspective is good and and second reason is really celebrating any of those small quick wins and making them visible. And when you make those things visible, it's much easier to look back and take stock of those things that we did because now you've got a library of them. But let's, let's not uh, think that it's it's us and our system and our culture and our country and the way that we do things. Yeah, it's a factor, but it's not the most important factor. The next part of the conversation was really around... I guess my observation is that it's not so much the country, but it's the industry. Go into a bank anywhere, you're going to be in a bank. I mean, there's no other way to say it. A bank is a bank is a bank is a bank. There's always going to be pockets. We talked about... um, This is a global thing. I know all the Canadian banks went through this. They created the digital factories. uh, And, you know, they got pool tables and bowling alleys and all this type of stuff. And then I remember I went to visit one of the banks here that had all that stuff set up. And um, uh, they said, "Oh well, we can't really do a tour today. We all have to stay in our work areas." I'm like, "Why?" "Oh, because there's a bunch of corporate investors coming by, so we have to, you know, be on our best behavior." So, you know, the lipstick on the pig idea, right? We've given you a bowling alley, but ooh, you better not, you better be professional when these these high profile people come in. I mean, that's incongruence, and that's a great example of throwing lipstick on top of a culture that is a bank. And people complain all the time about, hey, Jason, you pick on the banks too much. Well, one is they're easy targets. Two is even today, they are still making record profits and it seems to keep increasing. So it really doesn't matter what they do to try to change things. It's always going up anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But anyway, the whole point of that was the the industry type and the type of company matter more. Go into a marketing company. You can go into a marketing company anywhere in the world. You're going to see very similar cultures, no matter what country it's in. Uh, same thing with banks, same thing with telecoms. And again, you know, really great book is The Reengineering engineering Alternative by William Schneider. And we tend to have a bad habit of labeling cultures as one. They're, a bank is a control culture. For these reasons, that's it. But obviously, it's way more complicated than that. Um, In that book, uh, William Schneider talks about dominant and subcultures, and you're always going to have little pockets of innovation doing cool stuff despite what the uh, overall culture is for the organization. So like I said, the country matters to a certain degree, so the culture of the country, um, the type of company that it is, plus the pockets inside the company matter. All of those things create you know what we experience as change agents so when we say things like oh we're so conservative here tell me more well i work in capital markets in this bank in this country with a high power distance index and we never innovate and we never do these things those things and the other things so our conversation switched towards you know when you look at these pockets and subcultures if you've got a team in a bank working on a mobile app that will probably have a much more open, innovative culture that is open to experimentation. If you go to the run the bank things where you start talking about, you know, systems that are running global capital markets and trades, not probably not something you want to mess with. So yeah, they're going to be more conservative, but if you go to another country and you go to a similar department in capital markets, you're going to experience basically a similar thing. So, uh, we had the conversation that it really is more about the market that the company serves and those industry types than it is for the actual country. So what I did say is that when you look at the interest of more modern practices like lean change and management 3.0 in Latin America, for example, that's a good example of a desire to want to do something differently because there are so many people interested in agile and and more modern ideas in those markets compared to, say, the U.S. And it's not to say that the U.S. is lagging behind, but North America in general, uh, especially the U.S., is more conservative from what I find. They they live by the you-don't-get-fired-by-hiring-IBM principle which is get the best of breed and the biggest and the most profitable and the most well-known because that's just what you do. You'll never go wrong by, by picking a best of breed company or practice. So it is gonna be different from country to country. It's gonna be different from company to company. But generally speaking, there's a whole bunch of factors that um, really make us feel like we're stuck in the soup as change agents. So it's important to get out of your own head get an external perspective and get a wide variety of experience by going to different companies and just seeing how they do things and maybe even inviting people in to um, come in and reflect back what they see. You know, um, I used to hire my own coaches when I was coaching organizations and I would get okay from the client. I would say, hey, I want to bring this this person in just to bounce some ideas off of. I'm paying for it. It's not costing you anything. If there's an NDA or something we have to sign, go for it because I'm too far in the soup and I can't really see objectively. So you get that person to come in from the outside and they can spot the obvious things pretty quickly. So just to wrap this up again, don't beat yourself up too much because it always looks nice and shiny over there on the other side of the fence. As soon as you get over the other side of the fence, you're just as likely to step right in it i'm jason little your host of that change show if you're watching this on youtube hit that like and subscribe button and also subscribe and follow in your favorite podcast reader and again you can see all of our episodes at thatchangeshow.com or the video versions at leanchange.tv i'll see you next time